looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company on Pass the Post, Sunday, April 10. And Pass the Post each Sunday, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Their website is archerparkracing.com.au. They do take ownership to the next level and good luck with the Archer Park team with Road Trip in the first race today at the Sunshine Coast. You know, 30 years ago, Shane Dye, an audacious Shane Dye, took a right-hand turn at the corner in the 1992 Caulfield Cup on a horse called Viandacross, only to be swallowed up in the last stride by mannerism to be beaten a nose. 30 years on, that ride is still talked about, still discussed and still, in some quarters, heavily criticised. Yesterday at Royal Randwick, Nash Rewilla, not known for his audaciousness, took a sharp left-hand turn on Think It Over, like Shane Dye, to seek the better ground. But Think It Over won, won the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, and 30 years down the track, they'll still be talking about Nash Rewilla's ride, lauding it for the uh, braveness, the crazy braveness that he exhibited to win this wonderful race. The race that was considered... The race of the decade. So whatever way people want to spin it, always remember racing is about winning and losing. Shane Dye lost and Nash Rewilla won. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Think It Over story. Kerry Parker will join us soon. It was a a, a great day again, day two of the championships. I think this heavy track, uh, these heavy tracks are starting to tell now. There were some long beaten margins yesterday. It's nearly over, though. But some other big races to discuss will... Uh, listen to the Sydney Cup, won by Knight's Order. Nimalee was an upset winner in the Queen of the Turf. And also, of course, uh, another upset result, an outsider's result with El Patrides winning the Australian Oaks. So they got up at, at big odds yesterday at Royal Ramwick, but that track wasn't alone because at Dooman yesterday, the last four races, $26, $41, $18, $19, if you don't mind. The quality didn't go off anywhere. It will jackpot across to, to next week. We'll discuss some of the highlights of Doombin as well. So thanks for your company this morning. Let's get into it. It was being billed the race of the decade, understandably so. It's the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, $4 million in prize money. It was a very good betting race, very elegant though, was the favourite, but an easing one. She went off at $3.80. They've got 600 metres to run, and it's Zaki in front by a half length to think it over as they start to really up the tempo now. I'm Thunderstruck's improving along the rails. Then came Modophilia. She's trying to pick up. Very elegant, getting wide. Doers to the outside, and Mount Popper back to the rails. Into the straight, and Zaki still in front. Think it over's coming to the stand rail. This is interesting. Zaki in front. Think it over coming down the outside fence, and they're well clear from the arrivals at the moment. I'm Thunderstruck. Mount Popper making ground. Zaki in front. Think it over. Can Nash get it home? He's coming right down the outside. Zaki in front. Think it over. Down the stands rail. Lunges. Gets up. Think it over. What a ride. Nash Rewilla in spectacular style. Wins the Queen Elizabeth running down Zaki. Mount Popper, I'd say third from Very Elegant. Then Dallasan from Duasome. Thunderstruck. Modophilia. And awakening out at the end, Animo. Yes, uh, think it over, getting up to win by half a length in what was a spectacular race. I sent a text to someone immediately after the race, and I think the word I used was astonishing. An astonishing ride by National Well. There are any amount of adjectives or adverbs you could use, but it will be remembered for a long time, this ride, and this victory of think it over. Let's not forget the horse, and let's not forget the trainer, because he's always kind with his time on this program, and 
It's great to be talking to him today in the uh, aftermath of probably his biggest thrill in racing. Kerry Parker, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm well. And, mate, congratulations. Um, you must be still pinching yourself almost to, to, to get to this result. It was the grand final. You turned at the grand final, not on your preferred surface, and he's won the race. Oh, yeah, sensational. Um, you know, it was a, a never-die attitude. You go in there still trying to win the race, and uh, as it turned out, uh, you know, we were able to. Our, uh, our boy's got a big, tough will to win, you know. I'll come to the, the ride in a moment because it is the it's, it's the key part of, of this story, but there's a bit more to it. Going into the race yesterday, you know, I, th- I think it's fair to say not on his pre- preferred service, a heavy 10, but he's running the Tancred. What did you think of that? I thought it was a super run in the Tancred. Uh, he, he just got it on the back of Spanish Mission, and, uh, which didn't really take him anywhere, and he went from getting a beautiful run in transit to all of a sudden the horse in front of him sort of didn't go forward, and he completely lost uh, lost all momentum on the on the straightening there, and then had to sort of duck back to the worst part of the track and and pick himself up and grind it to the uh, grind it to the line well. But that that's not his go. He's a momentum horse. He's got to build momentum, and because he'd lost it at the point of the straight, um, you know, uh, I thought he'd done really well to to pick up and find the line again. You've always had faith in this horse, and why wouldn't you? He wins one in every three. They were calling it the race of the decade. There'd been a lot of discussion about it. You went into the race as a $41 chance. Did you feel in some way saying, gee, my horse is a bit disrespected at that price considering how good he is? No, no. When those things happen, you just put more on. <laughs> Did you have a bet? Uh, yeah, I kept nibbling. <laughs> we kept turning out. We kept nibbling. You don't, don't lose faith. No, well, well and, and as I say, why not? But it, it shows what the depth of the race was. But, you know, $41 seemed a huge price. But he was on a heavy 10. Before yeah. before the race, um, what was your plan with Nash? Uh, you know, I don't think you designed what happened. So, so what was the plan before the race? The plan with Nash was... Uh, my, my plan was that he, he made sure he pressured Zaki. And if Zaki didn't go hard enough to go in front and lead on his own, I'd... I, I, I wanted it a good bowling tempo, so I wanted to keep my horse on the bit as long as he could. If uh, rather than um, you know turn it to a sort of crawl and sprint home, we would have had no hope. You know they they would have picked up and he would have been off the bit a long way. So my plan was to keep my horse on the on the bit at that good cruising speed as long as I could to help him, you know, get through the going. It's only sort of when they come off the bit. Uh, those horses that don't handle it start to flounder. Uh, so that was always my aim, was to keep the pressure on Zaki. If he, if he wasn't going quick enough, well, then uh, go forward on your own. And uh, I'd rather he was two or three in front of them if that was the case, you know. Um, but that was Nash's idea to uh, be left. Um, and which was the perfect idea. He could, he could see he got rhythm. And, and once he did, like... Uh, once he pulled left, I think that's when I started Roar, and I thought I, you know, I was just full confidence in the move. It was this was this was the next question, which is a very pertinent one. I just want you to set the scene. So everything's going according to plan. You're keeping Zaki honest. When he made that move around the turn to go to the outside, just in that second, what did you think? Think, okay. No, I was I was all for it. I think that, like I said, that's when I started started really starting to roar for him you know i think even as he as he was moving out uh, as you know you lose ground moving out uh even then at worst he was going to run second where if he stayed where he was at worst he was going to run second it was you know, so the, the yeah. move i think made the difference of 
uh, winning and losing. Did you watch it live or did you watch it on the TV at Randwick? Uh, I watched it on the big screen out the front, you know, um, so you can you get both sort of angles there at Randwick. It, it uh, just, well, I was at the Dooman races just watching it. It's always difficult because when they get out so wide, you can never really tell either how far in front or how far behind they are because uh, with the angle of, of the camera. And it was probably really only um, that last part that we, we, we got the, the, the proper shot. But I suppose in one way, too, it did take a long time to run down Zaki. We know he's a good horse, so it was a fantastic finish. Yeah, very much so. And I think, um, as I've always said about this bloke, he's, he's uh, the best attitude this bloke's got. He's got that such a long stride, and that's where the wet track sort of takes it away from him. Uh, he doesn't potentially get to that full-length stride that he's got. But you could, uh, I could see in his action, once he got out there, I could see him building. Uh, and I think that's why I was getting really excited. I, I knew that once he got building and he got to that stride, well, then, you know, he, he was going to give it his best to run him down. There's so many factors involved in this win. I mean, this is a big win. This is this is a race now acclaimed worldwide. And and uh, you've got a horse with a will to win. You've got a jockey who's produced a, the ride of the century, so to speak, not going overboard. But also, Kerry... You look at the, the result today, when you pick up the paper, and so much was spoken about these horses, understandably, because they're, they're, they're great horses in their own right. I look at these margins. Very elegant, six and three quarters. Dewis, seven and a half. Montefilia, eight and a half. Anime, 13 legs. From you, the winner, you've certainly put some top horses right into the shade yesterday. Yeah, that's not the first time he's done it, though. It might be that in margin-wise, but... Uh... And and I think it's you know no doubt the first time he's done it in a wet track, um, but yeah he's uh you know they they were sort of calling him a giant killer. I, I don't think he's just a giant killer. I think he's just a giant. Yeah exactly. Yeah he he has uh, his his persona has changed. It was like you know well, thinking over one. Well yeah he he beat such and such. But I mean yesterday was just just extraordinary. But going back to Rawilla too, uh, he made some good comments that he you know it wasn't thought at the turn. He, he had it in the back of his mind. I think he said something like, you put a hundred things in your mind and then you use them when you want it. But as he said, with the ambulance going up there, the tractor going up there, he he thinks, in his words, in Nash's words, it was like racing on a soft six rather than a heavy ten. Yeah, well, I think that's where you can see that in his action, the horse's action, you know. Uh, once he sort of got out there, uh, I think he got more comfortable uh, and, and that's how he was... Uh, to let right down, you know. He, like I say, he's got such a long stride, um, and that's what pulls him up in these wet tracks. He just doesn't get a chance to use that because it, it gets a bit slippery, and he probably just doesn't have the confidence to stretch right out in it. Um, where once he got out there, you know, you could see it. If you look at the helicopter shot, it actually looks it anyway. <laughs> what about you said he's got this great will to win, and it's it's there for all to see. He's obviously a very durable horse too. He's he's a tough horse. He, he he stands up to, to good campaigns. Yeah, well, he's uh, you know even the the campaign before, you know, um, the further the further we got into the preparation, the the easier he was winning. So uh, I knew to have him to peak to peak yesterday was that you know he he had to had to do a little bit of racing to get fully hit, um, you know, um, and I was very confident that you know, he, he'd run a peak performance yesterday, especially after Newcastle. He he just bounced off that, you know, he. He real, I got real, real happy with him uh, straight after that Monday race. So, what's the plan for the rest of the year now? Oh, he'll come back and just have a, you know, that wait for age Cox Plate sort of preparation, and uh, we'll go from there. 
It's a wonderful moment. It's, it's I mean, it was, as I've said more, more than one occasion this morning, it was promising me the race of the decade. I don't think many expected what happened and the way it was executed, but we, we end where we start. It was a wonderful result and uh, I'm sure a career best in, in, in your life. Congratulations, mate. We hope to talk later in the year when we see Think It Over again. No worries at all. Thanks, mate. There he is, Kerry Parker, the trainer of Think It Over. Nathan X will be joins me. Have you finished the cycling? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, see, I planned mine all right. I, I, yeah. I got off the bike at 8.30, yeah, so I'm no, here I left my run too late. Who would have thought it would be so hard to get into Brisbane City? But nonetheless. Uh, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> this, um, I said at the top of the show, <clears throat> 30 years ago, Shane died. Yeah. And, and, and 30 years down the track, one loses, one wins, and... Um, one still criticised and one will be lauded 30 years down the track. Mm, but I, I think back to 25 years ago, Shane Dion Octagonal in the uh, Chipping Norton, which was of similar brazenness, I suppose, where he took off at the 800 when Octagonal had been out of form to that time and it just sparked, he hit the front of the 600 and kept going. So that initiative was rewarded just as it was yesterday. It, it was amazing. When they went past the post, I think for most, well, I can only talk for myself, but I would sort of think for most, it wasn't... Think it over wasn't first and foremost in your mind. It was that ride. That's that's exactly right. And as as Darren sort of called it that way, didn't he? Um, the, the assumption was that Think It Over is not comfortable on on the heavy ground, and he, he found soft six ground. So the the other extraordinary part of this race, let's just dissect it. Zaki has, has run run out of his skin and and been beaten. And I I noticed Jamie Carr made a comment. She said, "I I wish he hadn't been that wide. If he if they'd been closer." It might have got into a dog fight, but look, he was mm. only overhauled late. But these in the back half of the field as they went over the line, yeah. they're, they're long beaten margins, aren't they? They are, and you see a horse like Mount Popper is not recognised as a wait for age horse um, beating those horses. So you, you, you touched on at the start that these wet tracks might be starting to take a toll and um, there's only so many times you can go around, I guess. I'm going to talk about that more, more tomorrow morning in press room, but very elegant... I think that the people were starting to believe their eyes that, you know, she was a little disappointing the other day. Mm. And she was holding that favouritism position because of her, well, her overall record and her wet track prowess. But she seems to have not been that great this campaign, even though winning a race. Yeah, that's right. She was able to get that one done. Um, it's always been the assumption, hasn't it, that she's a better horse on, on heavy ground. She's had that her last two and been disappointing. So... Uh, with these champions, David, we've been spoiled with Black Caviar and Winks. We, we just see them come back time after time. But you cast your mind back further afield. It wasn't common for them to go on season after season. You see the horses reach their zenith a season and they sort of injury or what whatnot claims them. So she's done a remarkable job to get where she has in, in so many seasons of racing. Exactly. But think it over. Well, I think you'll just keep on keeping on because he's a gelding and, and he's as tough as old boots and... He's there right at what the top. a remarkable season. He won that George Ryder last year as a, a shock winner almost, mm. and he's you know, tr- well and truly franked himself since then. Well, as I said, his uh, modus operandi has changed from giant killer to being now an established star. Yeah. You come yeah. and beat me. Yeah, I'm, the one, I'm the one in the box seat, not, not you. That was the Queen Elizabeth. Let's go to the Sydney Cup. Talk about beaten margins here. <laughs> uh, it was always on the cards, though. 19 faced the starter at the two miles, and it was a very wide bidding race.
as they come up to the home turn and it's Knight's Order, a length and a half to Shiraz is doing the chasing Chalk Streams had enough, then came no compromise from Darsh and Sweet Junior Luncey's coming into it, Stockman's a long way back with Crystal Pegasus 300 metres to run, Knight's Order has gone for home, two lengths clear, Shiraz sticks to the task it's Knight's Order, two lengths clear from Shiraz, they're the only two chances but Knight's Order, brave in the lead, Rachel King rides him right out, Knight's Order holding Shiraz Shiraz, Dash and Sweet Junior goes to third, but Knight's Order will lead all the way in the Sydney Cup. Beat Shiraz given every chance. Dash and Sweet Junior, a distant third, a good back gap. Then to future score from LaBelle. Then Carp Fever from Sweet Thomas, Crystal Pegasus, Stockman, Luntzies. Some of these have been beaten a long way. No compromise. Then Alakahan, Chalkstream, Shorefire, Angel of Truth, South Pacific. Oh, there's still more coming. A good gap back to Dudu's Dart. Tiger, Tiger and the chosen one with the last two and Tiger's rushing off for a quick shower. Yeah, beat officially 100 lengths. They were actually moving onto the track for the next by the time he went past the post. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that's a typical Waterhouse spot win. Hard fit in the lead, running 3,200 metres, which we knew he'd do after his Brisbane Cup win. And Adrian Bott's our next guest. Good morning. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thank you very much. Controlled it all the way, just too tough for them. Yeah, he, he really enjoyed the conditions there. Um, you know, he, he sort of excelled in those heavy tracks all the way through. Um, I guess being versatile on top of the ground as well. But, um, yeah, that was certainly a, an advantage he had going into that race. And uh, it was sort of the, the one race that we'd certainly, um, you know, campaigned and, and, and set out for. And, um, you know, I thought it was obviously a big big advantage that he'd had sort of a couple of runs over the, over the two miles recently. So, uh, and, and obviously sort of a very successful one there in the Brisbane Cup. So, um, yeah, no, certainly a, a lot of positive factors from, from our point of view heading towards that run for it. Yeah, Adrian, after he won the Brisbane Cup last year, we sort of expected that he might measure up to be a, a spring player. What what happened there in the spring where he just didn't seem to come up? Yeah, look, uh, uh, just whether it just sort of... He just felt the felt the campaign there through through the Sydney winter and into the Brisbane winter campaign and then sort of it's a quick turnaround to the spring there for, for Melbourne, so whether he just ultimately needed a, a bit more of a break after that big run in the Brisbane Cup might have just sort of taken more out of him than we than we initially sort of thought or expected. So, um, look, they, they do that time to time. We're asking quite a bit of them sometimes to, you know, so attempting to keep him up through various sort of, um, you know, campaigns and, and, and carnivals. There's, there's always some good races to be targeting. So, you know, that might have just caught up with him there in the spring. And will you target the Melbourne Cup again this year? Yeah, most definitely. So, um, you know, that's sort of what we'd like to do um, and just sort of, you know, I guess on, on what we've just touched on there before, um, you know, something's probably got to give. So we're probably going to have to rule out the, any sort of Brisbane campaign for him this time around. Um, he'll go to the paddock now off the back of that. Um, a couple of these heavy tracks, no doubt, that'll, you know, be some tough racing for him. So he deserves a really good break and, and that just, you know, hopefully ensures that he comes back in, in the right shape for, um, you know, for a successful Melbourne time this time in. Adrian, it was a funny weights race in that you had the chosen one and then 51 and a half or lower the next. So it would have been an interesting task for connections of the other 18, finding riders. And as it's panned out for you guys, it's given a great result for Rachel King. But talk us through the process of getting riders when you know so many others were chasing riders around the same weight. Yeah, I guess sort of... Um we know Rachel's a natural lightweight. She's been doing sort of plenty of, plenty of riding for us. Um, you know, look, we sort of knew from a, a long while out sort of 
that was the race we were targeting and the weight that we had and we probably weren't really liable to any sort of penalties going through. So um, Tim Clark sort of does the majority of the riding with the horse and um, sort of had plenty to do with it. So uh, that was sort of probably always going to be a hard weight for him to do. So, um, you know, Rachel was sort of always there in, in, in mind and she was able to sort of, um, yeah, pick that pick that ride up easily. But, yeah, no, no doubt I'm sure something has to be sort of looked at in regards to that, um, you know, just creating that sort of greater greater spread or, or, or raising the weight. So it does sort of, you know, finding 18 jockeys at, at that light weight, sort of a very difficult task to do. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be looked at somewhere. He's a rising 80-year-old, he's only, but he's only had 26 starts. That was his eighth win in the Sydney Cup yesterday. Just give us the background of how the stable came to secure Knight's Order. Um, we're, we're sort of, um, you know, been attending the, uh, the trite horse sale over in um, at Tattersall's New Market there um, in, in October every year. We've been been doing so for, for a number of years. That's sort of how we've got our previous Sydney Cup winner, the offer. Um, group one winner is Glen Cadham Gold. So there's sort of plenty of good prospects that sort of can come out of that stable, um, out of that sale, sorry. Um, not just from our stable, but um, they've had great success over here. And obviously those Europeans are superior stayers. So, um, you know, we probably need to be buying those types of horses to in order to be competitive in, in, in these types of racing. That's sort of the reality of it these days. Um, you know, if you don't have those sort of bloodlines behind you, it's um, you know, very hard to be, be, be winning any, any form of staying staying race at present. So, um, you know, in order to remain competitive, we're over there looking each year and he was one that sort of came up on, on, on the ratings and physically looked well and we're fortunate enough to be able to secure him. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do that process again this year off the back of a, you know, another successful purchase. Now, you were forced to scratch out the bar from the the Queen of the Turf yesterday with the wet track. Is that the end of the road for her now, or she goes to sale? What, what's the story with her? Yeah, just sort of got to look at a few different options for her at present. Um, I'd love to continue racing her. She's in such great form. Um, yeah, she's she's travelled up to Sydney really good. She she looks fantastic, and yeah, she's ready to to, to win again. Just needs the right right conditions. So um, there's a couple of races. Um, you know, up in Queensland, it would fit very well on the uh, on the calendar for her. Um, you know, some of the weight for age race, even sort of stepping up to the 2,000 metres, she'd be very effective at. So um, she's obviously entered for the chairman's sale at Inglis, sort of coming up in, in early May. Um, so that's something we've sort of got to look at. But there's definitely potential for her to be racing on, whether, um, you know, whether that sort of um, sale's sort of going to go ahead and, um, you know, what the connections sort of want to ultimately do. Speaking of Queensland, your your, your fast spreader, your Golden Rose winner in the Congo, was beaten by Mizzou in the in the Arrow Field yesterday. But he's one of those horses that we've seen him, you know, um, on speed, you know, break their hearts. Are these heavy tracks not really to his liking? Yeah, I think that sort of just made that um, task a bit hard for him. There yesterday, he wasn't able to sort of find that um, find that tempo that he probably needed to, or, or sort of sort of get away from them and, and, and quicken when, when he would have liked. So he always sort of had Mazu sort of within striking distance and, and sort of just travelling well um, just sort of outside of him. So when we couldn't shake him off, it was always going to be a hard ask for him. Um, he stuck on very well, but like you said, just the conditions sort of made it made it tough for him. So um, whether we look to back him up on, on Saturday in, in the all-age stakes um, or he could sort of freshen up and come up for you know some of the, the sprinting races up there over the carnival, where I think would be obviously very effective, and you know, hopefully get back on on top of the ground, which is what he what he prefers. 
well, the Durban 10,000, I think, is on the 14th of May, so that's, what, about a month away or so. Yeah, that'd be certainly be a realistic target for him. It's one of the races in mind. Um, yeah, we'll probably make a decision on that, um, you know, in the next sort of 24, 48 hours. Now, there are a few others you've got earmarked to head north, Adrian? Yeah, I thought a, a nice filly ran, uh, ran fourth Pantanaria in the Percy Sykes there on, on, on Saturday. Um, she's most likely to, to make her up way up for, for some of the two-year-old two-year-old races. Um, she she was only first up there, so she hasn't had sort of too much of a taxing time over the over the um, over the carnival here. A um, couple of sort of horses that might be fresh on the scene to come up there, a horse like Dawn Passage, back at the trials there the other day. So um, you know he, he, he could be one that make his way up as well. And just before we let you go, one that we, we won't be seeing, but he was so. Dynamic as a, a youngster up here last year, Converge. What, uh, what's the, the story out of the Doncaster? Yep, um, so he's just come to the end of the campaign. Uh, he's out in the paddock already. Um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of map out what his next campaign will, will look like and what his future holds there. Um, but just, you know, unfortunately, all that sort of racing sort of just caught up with him. A, a few of those sort of, you know, we saw yesterday a few horses that are in their grand final. Just, um, you know, the testing conditions just sort of made it pretty tough for them over the, over the carnival and um, you know the, that sort of just came to the end for him there just um, you know probably raced a bit flat going in the Doncaster and didn't quite handle the um, didn't quite handle the conditions either you mentioned um, the condition of the track one of the real heroes of this carnival has been Randwick and it wasn't that long ago it was sort of potted a lot of the time but boy, gee it's they've turned it around there haven't they to be able to stand up to racing with the amount of rain you've had yeah it's been fantastic and and and, and what I'm saying is in regards to the Horses' performance. It's no knock on the track or whatsoever. Um, you know, it's been racing well and racing fairly, and um, yeah, it's been draining fantastic. So to be able to actually go around and have these races take place with the amount of rain, you know, we haven't seen anything like it before. It's been no. it's been phenomenal. Um, you know, just purely just sort of making the fact that you know it is testing on on a few of these. So um, you know, that's all they've found. It's um, you know, either handle it or, or, or they don't, or um, you know, it sort of catches up with them along the way, but. Certainly, no knock on the on the tracks them, themselves. It's been um, yeah, it's been fantastic to get through the carnival. Adrian, good to talk to you this morning. Congratulations to you and Gabe. We look forward to seeing you up here in the winter. Thank you very much, guys. Adrian Bott joining us, of course, on the training partnership with Gay and uh, Knight's Order, proven two miler, and that's another thing too that, that often stands in their stead. It's like I often say with these races <laughs> up here, they can win a twenty two hundred, mm. get a twenty four hundred. It's a different ball game, but proven two miler and like the conditions and. Uh, Never look like losing. Yeah, and they got that preparation just spot on, didn't they? Just the three runs leading into it, and he'd been good each time. He was a different horse this time around to what we saw in the spring, and um, down to 51 and a half, he was uh, too good for them. We only had a small field in the Brisbane Cup last mm. year. It's two miles again this year, is it not? It is, it is. Uh, there was some commentary last year that there may not have been enough uh, lead time in terms of letting people know that it had changed back. So um, it is certainly a race that is under notice. Uh, they'll, they'll be expecting to get a bigger field this year, but... Hopefully that, that is, is the case um, because they're, they're great spectacles, the 3200s. They certainly are. Let's go to the Queen of the Turf. This was the ninth race and another outsider's result. They've got 550 metres to run. Ana Vista leads up from Vangeli. A lighthouse has had a good run, peeling three wide. Nemali back to the inside. Yonsei scraping paint. Further back to Laludice Bath. Colette's dropped out to last coming up the rise. Ana Vista running about under pressure. And Nemali's coming off to throw down the challenge. And Nemali draws level with Ana Vista. Two lengths clear from Vangeli. Then came Ice Bath running on well. It's Nemali getting the upper hand from Ana Vista. Three lengths to Ice Bath. But Nemali 
Nimalee is starting to extend clear with the Queen of the Turf. And Nimalee gets a quick one today. Goes on to beat Anavisto. Ice bar third, followed in by Yonce. A gap back to promise of success from Vangelic, never being kissed. A gap to Steinem. Lighthouse dropped out from Barbrader. Quantum mechanic. Big gap back to Lelude and Fangirl. She's hated the heavy today. And, well, Colette never, ever got out of first gear. Last. And again, I don't know we're, we're discussing it, but there's another case in point two out the back. They just never, ever, ever did anything. Fangirl and Colette, like margins of 20 and 22 lengths. Yeah, that's that's right. Well, Fangirl, I think the writing was on the wall with her when she was beaten at skinny odds, but Colette's one that we've had pegged as a as a duck prior to Saturday, so just difficult Lee, $31. Damien Oliver, I think that was that was his group one went to two overtake. 127, so remarkable achievement in uh, in reaching that uh, particular mark. Let's continue on and we'll go to the other group one of the day. And a lot of Queensland interest here, the Australian Oaks with Gypsy Goddess, given a beautiful ride by Willie Pike. If you're on her, you always felt mm. reasonably confident. Let's see how she fared. Jim Martini leads for home from El Patroness has come off the fence to issue a challenge. Gypsy Goddess the outside is trying to sustain the run. Three lengths clear from Hinge and Honey Creeper gives away a big start as El Patroness at the 200 beat off Jim Martini. Gypsy Goddess is just grinding away. El Patroness going boldly with 100 metres to run. El Patroness extending the lead on Gypsy Goddess and here's a big one in the Australian Oaks for El Patroness for Damien Lane. Won it easily from Gypsy Goddess Jim Martini third, Hinge fourth, followed by Biscayne Bay, then Honey Creeper, followed by Lavilli. A gap back to Secret Glamour from Pink Ivory, then Youthful from Hope in Your Heart, Morris Sentley, Velvet Lady, Charity Spirit, and Commando Drift was last to finish. Victorian victory here, Damien Lane riding for Danny O'Brien. El Patroness always on speed, in fact, taking it up, and another long price winner, 26 bucks. Gypsy Goddess. Sort of fell all the way around. Yeah. She's going to win this race, and she didn't lose ground. She held the ground. I thought it was a, a commendable performance. Yeah, that was, she was only sort of third up there too, so she's she done a terrific job, and the, the conditions may just well have told on, on her at the end. But there was a theory around last week, David, about whether horses coming off Melbourne preparations had an advantage going into the, the big races there last week. We saw the Derby winner come out of Melbourne. We saw the Doncaster winner. Um, because they hadn't been racing on those testing tracks. And, and here's another example, sort of fresh legs out of Mel, off a disappointing run, albeit there at Mooney Valley. But um, she was in the right place at the right time and could have told the same story in the Queen Elizabeth had Zaki won. So it's in, whether there's anything in it, I don't, don't know. But it was certainly a theory that had been uh, put up. No, I think, I think it's a more than relevant comment. And uh, as I said, it's something I'm going to discuss about the, the, the heavy tracks. We've had a, you know, a lot of highlights over the championships and over the carnival as well in Sydney with uh, you know, the Shelby 66 story, yep. the Rewilla ride yesterday, Fireburn. But uh, the heavy tracks, I think, require some discussion. And I think there's some points to be made out of it but the bottom line is racing has has kept going um you know relentlessly uh, under this unprecedented sort of weather events we've had which is is great comment on the stallion there Seamus award by gosh he's turned into be a good sire we've seen have uh, incentivized um a couple of others and and now now an oaks winner he's um doing a terrific job the the former cox plate winner and don't forget another award is by Seamus award a very good South Australian mayor. <laughs> well, see, you're a good judge in which progeny you choose. Exactly right. Let's let's continue on. Uh, a lot of good races there yesterday, and we're going to now go to the the Arrow Field. We discussed this with Adrian Bott. He had in the con he and Gay had in the Congo in the race, but Mazoo stalked it all the way. Here's the replay. 
It's in the Congo, the inside of Marzu. Two lengths away to Pal Lely, who's only grinding at the moment. Clipperton says, come on, Marzu. Put the head in front from in the Congo. Pal Lely, two lengths away, and he can't get there. Marzu's going great guns at the 100. Three quarters in front to in the Congo. And Marzu, welcome to first grade, Marzu. There's another one. Goes on to beat in the Congo. Pal Lely third. And a big gap back to I Am Lethal. He's... Uh... He's been a, a gun this campaign. In fact, he's unbeaten four from four, overall six from ten, and he's high up in markets for the 10,000. Pleasing to hear Peter Snowden uh, an hour or so ago speaking with Ray Thomas uh, in Sydney saying that uh, they're looking, doing the same with Marzu as they did with Red Zell, bring him up for a crack at the 10,000. He thinks he wouldn't be out of place in a race like the Everest and um, he wants to give him that chance in a, in a Group 1 and so it seems likely we'll see him here for the, the Doombin 10,000, which is a, a nice draw card. Yeah, and it's only only a month away. And looking at those early markets, it looks as though it's going to be a 10,000 with lightly raced three- and four-year-olds mm. who've got, you know, good strike rates who are, you know, ready to launch onto the onto the big seat, and he falls right into that category. That's exactly right. So this is the place to do it um, here in Queensland if you want to take that next step. So... Uh, hopefully that's the way it pans out. You'd love to see a horse like in the Congo come here as well. Mm. Kings of Smith would be a lovely race for him, 1,300 at uh, Eagle Farm. But um, Marzu, is, uh, you know, I think he left them with no excuses given the relevant conditions yesterday. And speaking of stallions, we talked about So You Think and Seamus Wool. Well, Maurice, the derby winner last week, and then yesterday we had the, the showpiece sprint winner for the three-year-olds. That is actually how the, the stallion is, is... The pronunciation is Maurice. Oh, I'm not going to get into that. So, well, I, guess... I, I think Maurice... Sounds better, don't you? Better than Morris? I've always thought anyone, anyone who has that name is mm. Morris, as mm. in Morris McCartan. Mm. Saying Maurice has more presence to it. Sounds like it's a girl, Maurice. <laughs> Morris <laughs> sounds like a man. Either way, he's doing a good job. He certainly is. Let's go to the Percy Sykes. Uh, speaking of Team Snowden, they provide the winner here, Paris Dior with J-Mac in the saddle. Into the straight, it's North Star Lash. She's a belter. Lady Laguna strides up three wide. Paris Dior's going to go back for a run on the inside. Well, Inga Beast is cutting loose on the outside as Lady Laguna's pushed on now. Lady Laguna at the 250, races to the lead, but Walinga Beast is closing in. Paris Dior the inside. Walinga Beast got to a narrow lead from Paris Dior. It's Walinga Beast the outside. The favourite Paris Dior the inside. Paris Dior's going to Walinga Beast. Paris Dior, Walinga Beast. Paris Dior the favourite one at just from Walinga Beast. Good gap back to either Pantanario or Lady Laguna for third. Then came North Star Lass from Magic Carpet and Kin. Uh, gap back to Ojai from She's a Belter who did plenty of work. Then Lady Percival, Swift Sweet, Dashing Legend and John Darmery was last in. She was shaky in the market. 310 out to $4. J-Mac riding. You would like to think she might be a carnival hopeful up here considering she was uh, first up yesterday. Mm, not sure whether she will be. Um, Peter Snowden in that same interview, he sort of indicated that. They, they specifically set her for that million-dollar race there and they've sort of job done, I believe, with, with her. So you'll see her back to have crack at some Group 1s later in the year. But pretty tidy effort to win that first start, mm. but 1,200 on the really testing ground. She trialled like a bomb, obviously winning by seven lengths and three lengths, the two trials leading in. And... Uh, she was under siege there. Willinger Beast looked like she might have had a measure, but uh, she found enough, and um, she's obviously well above average based on what we've seen on the trial tracks as well. I think certainly there was, whilst both tracks were heavy, that the first day was a heavy nine, yesterday was a heavy mm. ten. I think it was a, 
a tougher trek yesterday oh, to get through. Definitely. Let's have a listen to our last replay from day two of the championships. It's the Group 2 Sapphire, the last race of the day. And favourite backers went in for the kill with Baluchi Babe, who got to the lead in the straight. At the 3.75, Wonderbar goes up the inside of Bellucci. Babe is still being cuddled. Marbusha wide out and Bella Nepotina. Clark getting into Bellucci. Babe now. She's starting to lift, but they're coming from everywhere. It's Bellucci. Babe just in front of Wonderbar. Bella Nepotina, Marbusha. It's Bellucci. Babe in front of Bella Nepotina. Tricky Girl charging home along the rails. Bella Nepotina and Tricky Girl. Bella Nepotina's won the last. Bella Nepotina from Tricky Girl who went right up the blind side and almost pinched it. Lucci Babe third, followed in by Wonderbar, then came Majestic Shot from More Secrets, Marbusha, Minhaj, Pandora Blue, Nikki's Fling, Ruby Tuesday and Emanate. Uh, didn't beat one home here today. A mare who doesn't boast a great strike rate, but uh, it matters for little when you get a Group 2 win on the board, all, all important for black type for these mares, and she was third up yesterday for Mara and Eustace and uh, riding double to Joe Mac. Uh, she's one would uh, may go to the Sangster in Adelaide. Yeah, it's a perfect target. They've got the the group successes now, so they'd like to get a Group One on the board. She's had thirteen minor placings in those twenty seven starts. So while she hasn't won an awful lot of the time, she's certainly been very consistent. That's her third win this season. Uh, second in group company. Did she win the Healy last year? No, she raced in the Healy away game. Away, won, game, with away the... game won the Healy. She was third, and I think they rode her differently that day. There was a day where they rode her quiet, and they might have stumbled onto something that day. Away game, she might be another Sangster runner as well. Let's take our first break here on Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. We'll come back and have a look at Dooman as, as we're edging closer to our racing carnival. I think two carnival prospects were unveiled yesterday. We'll talk about that after the break. The Post on Radio Tab. Thanks for your company on Past the Post this morning, Sunday, April 10, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, archerparkracing.com.au. If you go to that website, you'll see that there's a chance to buy shares in a cult by encryption out of Tarix, T-A-R-I-K-S, trained by Chris Muntz. Cracking type. There's a good video there to have a look at, so shares are available there. Of course, was purchased at the Magic Millions March sale by Chris Muntz. At Dooman yesterday, we raced on a soft five all day. The weather was a little inclement, you know, passing showers, but generally the track didn't uh, didn't uh, affect uh, the chances of any runner. We're going to listen to several replays. The first of them is race eight, uh, the tab venue mode quality. Big Field looked at open race in the morning, but in the end, putters really rallied to Ulysses. 290 in from 420. Here's the run for Glory and Ulysses. Run to the turn, clear of Hilo God. Last chance going by it. Panino fifth around the bend. Gee, these back in the second half of the field have got several lengths to make up, and Run for Glory is going for the lick of his life. Leads away. Ulysses is under pressure, trying to chase the leader. Then last chance, Hilo and Panino. Nothing really running on from the back. Run for Glory still in front. Ulysses hasn't gotten as yet. Eating into the margin now. Then last chance and Hilo coming again. Ulysses grabbed the lead. Last chance driving in. Picks up and gets the money. Last chance from either Ulysses or Hilo. And then run for glory. Bungie, that was an on-pace dominated race. Panino next. Then Derulo, Taizo, London Banker. Followed by Vinko. Then came Snitch, Dealmaker, Cloak. Out towards the tail. Dream Reach is just up ahead of them. And Cracker SG out the back in a gallop of 119.76. Last Chance is a horse who's got a great winning strike rate. In fact, he's been a very competitive galloper right through his career. He's rising seven, but that was his 15th win yesterday. It's worth pointing out on 17 occasions he's finished runner-up. So 
uh, you'd like to own uh, half a dozen of them in your backyard. But the other feature of the win was the winning trainer, Sean Dwyer, who we know well. And great to see him back in the Metropolitan winning list here in Brisbane. He joins us now on Pass the Post. Sean, good morning. Good morning, guys. Congratulations. Just let's We'll talk about last chance soon, but just give us the Sean Dwyer story. Many of our listeners remember how you had such great success here. Well, what are we going back, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago? Oh, yeah, around um, 2003, I think, Reggie won the Magic Million, so a little bit before that and a little bit after <laughs> that. Yeah, in 2009, I headed down to um, Bendigo. You st- so the, what was the, the reason for the move back to Queensland? I was never going to stay down there. Um, I sort of I had a runner in the Melbourne Cup in 2004, which was just, um, one of the highlights, really, even though he was unplaced. But he won the Geelong Cup prior to that. Um, it's pretty drawing that that spring carnival. So we just thought we'd go down and and give it a uh, a shot for 10 years. And look, we probably didn't quite achieve what I wanted to, but um, I wouldn't swap the 12 and a half years I spent down there for anything. You know, we had a couple of very, very top line horses in Villa Verde and Miss Leonidas, um, who both sold at the end of the career for around 1.1 million each as mares. So, uh, and in between that, we had a lot of fun, a lot of success, and had met some great owners and and uh, really enjoyed ourselves. But the children are back up here, and uh, the summer's up here. It's just got too bloody cold down there for me, really. <laughs> you, you've always yeah. spoken fondly of your time there in, in Victoria, Sean, but as you say, you're going to come home. Was it an easy decision to work out where you were going to base yourself when you got back to Queensland? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to jump out of the fire into the <laughs> cold by going back to Toowoomba, <laughs> um, which is it's just, just as cold, but... Um, the days are better in Toowoomba. But, yeah, it was really. Look, I've never really been a person to live in a city. I think the only time I lived in the city was I spent two and a half years in Sydney. Um, it's gay and Bart. But, yeah, no, I'm not... I'm not. So the Sunshine Coast was a logical place and it's a nightmare renting a place for a while and even a bigger nightmare buying a place. But we bought a, a townhouse at Caloundra West that's seven minutes from the track and seven mm. minutes from uh, Caloundra. So... It's it's a you know it speaks for itself um, the Sunshine Coast and look the track they've recently spent about nine million there um, putting in a terrific big poly track which they use as a racetrack you guys know all about it and they've they also fully renovated the the inside grass gallop track so you know um, what more could you ask for it's it's fantastic I've applied for thirty boxes on course when they build the, the next hundred and twenty but I haven't heard back yet but I'm hoping that I can. Get them, and more, more importantly, I'm hoping I can fill them. <laughs> well, that brings us around to yesterday's winner, last chance. How did you come to get this horse? Um, it's the pun just by chance, I guess. You know, I arrived home, and Paul Valor, who I trained for years ago when I was uh, in the infancy of all this, um, I trained a horse up there for him called. Uh, can't think of his name, a black horse. But anyway, Paul's, uh, he's 90 now. He's, he's a businessman in McKay and Motel's and up for years. And um, he was, him and a friend of his, Peter Newport, who I also had uh, horses he had shares in, they um, decided they'd like to give him a go down here. Um, and Paul rang me and I don't think there's anything like that I wouldn't take a horse that had won 14 races and seven, 16 seconds and 240 grand. So uh, it was an easy decision to make. He was spelling it up at um, where he was born, up at um, 
Bell's place, Clear Mountain, and uh, he come to me from there, which was good. So I got him off an eight weeks spell. And the rest is it, you know. He's probably very unlucky not to win his first start. Uh, he drew bad and we went back, but uh, being 10 or 12 weeks off was a bit of an ask. But he only got beaten less than a, a neck, I think. And then second up, well, as I said, you know, it was a bit of a trainer and owner error. We, Paul was adamant that the horse likes getting to the outside and probably Fred did his best to do it, but he probably should have won both those races. And uh, the goal case was just a bit of a nightmare. Mm. The key yesterday, um, carried 58, 58 and 56 in his three previous runs. You're able to get down to 52 and a half and, and use this new rule where you can claim or not ride them down to, to 52 kilos and... Um, that certainly worked in your favour yesterday. Oh, 100%, um, really. Uh, and I think it's not really that <clears throat> good on wet tracks, I don't think, but that track was quite good and he got through it. Um, but, yeah, look, and, and, and that raises the question, where to next, you know, because his, his um, rating will go up and his weight will go up, but at, at least he's going to be open company now and we know that he can race open company, so we'll find something. I, I, I genuinely think... Um, the jockey, Mark, he was a little bit... He thought, you know, he'd had enough on the line. Well, I'm pretty sure that he wasn't the only one that had, had enough on the line. But I, I think Amal, I think he... I just feel with a soft run, he's he's got a very strong desire in the last 200 to 250 metres, this horse. He, he's uh, he's quite amazing. So I, th- I think if we can get to a mile, um, I think it'd be even harder to beat sure. on the right race. Sean, when you look at his overall record, as we said from the start, um, uh, he's a winner, and uh, if he's not a winner, he's not far away. But he's very good early in his campaign. The, the first up, second up record show that. But I'm just thinking, you're saying where to go. Would you consider it if a slot holder came to you for the archer to say, will you run in this race on May the 7th at Rocky? Oh, yeah, I'd ride him up there. <laughs> Oh, what I'm trying to say is I, I, I feel, I mean, I'm just sort of talking off the top of my head now, he's a horse, there's going to be a lot of speed in that race. There's there's uh, six already locked in, six to come, but the pace is going to be unbelievable. We know he likes the Rockhampton track, and you've got a horse that, that's, you know, in the right st- part of his preparation. Yeah, look, I'm glad you brought this up because it had, it had you know, it slipped my mind a little bit, but um, how far is that race? 1,300. Yeah, well, that's probably perfect. Um, yeah, well, if any of the sod holders are, are out there, please <laughs> ring me or ring Paul Valor. Um, and look, I'm not sure where the um, first and second up sort of syndrome came with this horse, but all of my friends who, you know, they've all telling me, well, he's better off this, he's better off that, you know, but. Uh, which may well be true because we backed him up at the Gold Coast and I'm not sure that was why he didn't go so well. I just think um, Rob was a victim of circumstances. He had two choices and ultimately he probably took the wrong one, you know, going wide instead of tracking through. But that's easy to say in hindsight. Um, but it took a bit out of him that. And he's had three weeks from from that run into this run and he spent a week of that on a treadmill but uh, I think he can race through. Look, uh, we, we just got home from the stables now. He licked his bin clean. Uh, my wife took him out for a walk and a pick. He looked very, very bright and alert. So he's come through that run very well. Um, his joints are all good. So, you know, it's um, onwards and upwards now. But, um, yeah, certainly now that you've brought it up, 
I don't think it's chicken feed either, that race, is it? No, oh, it's worth, I think, 440000 overall. And uh... We'll keep making the case for him. He's won his last four. The last four times he's been to Rocky, he won. So he's a track specialist there. Yeah. You make a good case yeah. for him, Sean. I made yes, a good case for him. I made a good case for him. He's just jumped on, Sean, now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll have to get on to that Russell. Um, what's his name? Russell Leonard. Yeah, I'll uh, send you his number, mate, because this horse actually won the Rocky Newmarket last year. Uh, and he, on that occasion, yeah, he did. He carried yeah, fifty-eight he, and beat Master Jamie. Yeah, yeah, no, he he sure is. No, I knew Russell Leonard when he was um, in nappies in the. Yeah, well, he's he's not in nappies <laughs> anymore, but he can be a big hand for you. So give him a call because I've started. Yeah, to think I, ran, that's I ran into him and a bloke called Max um, Rigby. Is it Whitby? Whitby. We'd be Max at the Magic Million, yes. and um, they were talking a bit about it. Yeah, so I'll give Russell a, a ring, and um, he doesn't owe me a favour, but I might owe him one else if he can get us into the race. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, that's a good point, and um, I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard for the old 90-year-old to drive his jag down to down to Rocky for the day. <laughs> it's only a three-hour run these days. Exactly. Good so, on you, mate. Good to see you back in the winners' list, and hopefully many more winners will talk to you again. Uh, look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Sean Dwyer joining us this morning. Well, there we are. Look at you. We've done our job. Well, super salesman. Well, I think he's a horse that that, that, that maps well for the race. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that <laughs> the race, but, but a lot of speed in the race, a lot of pace. Emerald Kingdom, uh, Apache Chase can go forward. They like to ride him quietly, but I can see uh, Streets of Avalon a go forward horse. You'd prefer it to be a handicap for a horse like him, I would think. Well, you can't have everything. I mean, <laughs> don't spoil the story. <laughs> Story. What about uh, the, the, the strange feature of this race was nothing ran on? Um, no. How's Ulysses start $2.90? They're just cotton on to one and that's that's how it plays out. Like, mm. Gee, that's a short price. Now, producer Dale, I'm just checking. Is race one ready for us now? It is. Time is on the wing. Let's go to the first race. I mentioned some carnival prospects were unveiled. This is one of them. Fully homeward bound, short of 300 left to Rana. He gave the favourite a little squeeze to Tudo and a booted away. And uh, that will be the end of the section now, looking for the miners. But it's to Tudo. He's pretty good, this fellow. Two from two. He's got to do it very easily today. Bird on a wing, battles on strongly for the Quinella result. But the Tudo trotted in, one by five. Second over the line was Bird on a wing. Titian got his third, gerrymander fourth. Flop turn river, no run on today. And then came Kidamani and Smart Rubik at the tail end in one ten eighty one. There was guarded optimism from trainer Gollan and jockey Maloney, but uh, deep inside they'd be saying this is a good one. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think they're in different pages in terms of where his distance is going to be. Well, tell us more. Maloney seems to be adamant that this is a sprinter, whereas Tony's obviously got aspirations to go to the size and then possibly the, the JJ after that. So it'll be interesting to see which way that goes, but where they are in agreeance is that he's a genuine group-class horse and they felt that from the, the very first time they, they put him down. I remember him jumping out last year and we were looking forward to seeing him go to the races. He didn't get to the races, that preparation. But uh, he just, he's got a good style about him. He's a lovely type of horse and he um, looks pretty good when he's putting them down. He was never out of second gear. Mm. So and I, and this is a sort of a, probably a silly hindsight thing, but he ran 110.48. If he'd been given a rev up, what mm. would he have run? Uh, very impressive. And interesting on that point, Maloney said he felt the track was a soft seven. Immediately after that race, what do you think? And so I think he said the times don't say it, but he said it felt like that underneath. So There was a bit of a kick up there mm, too yesterday. So mm. 
I suppose basically you can only rely on the times, but uh, they're the ones riding on it. We're the yeah. ones just, just watching from the grandstand. Let's go to the last race of the day. And uh, this was a dead set last to first performance. More Sundays. In the straight, though, Roman Aureus leads. Dr. Why not getting him out of his business? Push Parker out of the way. Running on down the outside, Nicky Trixon. Shabaton running on as well. Roman Aureus tackled by Dr. Wideoff. Cardiff came at the pair and Shabaton right down the outside. And More Sundays is screaming home. Shabaton reached the lead. More Sundays flew beat it. More Sundays beat Shabaton. Nicky Tricks third. Dr. Wideoff possibly fourth. Then Montenegro man ahead of his time, followed by Roman Aureus. And then came uh, Rhythmic Pulse, followed by Euro B. Then smart and sexy, uh, Cardiff knocking up late. Then came Parco, well back in the field, big bad Bruce. I didn't see smart image in the, in the run home, and I imagine it's finished well back. Uh, then came explosive quality and zipping boy out towards the tail. If someone comes up to you today and says, I got a share of the quaddy yesterday <laughs> at Dooman, look them straight in the eyes and say you're a brazen liar because no one got the quaddy anywhere. It just jackpotted it or it was a jackpot pool everywhere. And, you know, why wouldn't you get it when you look at the results? $26, 41 18 and then more Sundays at 19 But this was a bit of a win, fast speed and all, but... We know it's a strong finisher, and it showed that yesterday. Yeah, it was a good win. It took, we had two progeny more joyous there at Dooman yesterday. Um, but, yeah, we didn't see a lot of horses win the way uh, more, more Sundays won yesterday, David, down the middle. They were sort of wanting to kick closer to the fence in a lot of those races, and it was difficult in, in instances to, to make ground from the back. But It um, was a pickup ride for Larry Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Um, he arrived in the nick of time. Two races later, he didn't arrive in the nick of time mm-hmm. on Go Wanji. Yeah, and that was an evidence of where they seemed to be wanting to come through the field as, a, as opposed to around them. Um, like I, he couldn't have lost too many admirers, Gawanji. He did oh, a no. really good job to get as close as he did. He, he was a good thing beaten. The horse that won the race, Yester Key, a, a little shout-out to the trainer, Jay Bellamy, former former trotting uh, young man who's uh, switched his attention to the thoroughbred world. So good to see him get that Metro winner in Siesta Key. Let's go to another replay. Oh, Sale was the favourite in race four, <laughs> 260, labelled again by D. Fowler. Let's listen to the replay. Super Giant making all haste for home. Tavion Prince running to second, then Lady Salerno and Youngblood. Oh, Sale six to seven lengths off them, eventually working to the clear. Super Giant under pressure now. Youngblood, Tavion Prince and Lady Salerno coming in. Isabella Spring running up behind them. Then Indian Dreamer, Sale can't win. Look at Isabella Spring shooting along the rail, hunting along the rail. Isabella Spring is given the judge's verdict. From Youngblood and Tavian Prince, Sale, nah, never a chance. Then came Super Giant, he'll never win. Then Tutelage, followed by Lady Salerno, introduced. Well back Indian Dreamer, brilliant concept. Then please, victory eight, confusion, happy go plucky last time. You've sacked two within five seconds of the finishing line. It was a bitter run on call, wasn't it? But, hey, not a bet in the race. Missed the price on Sale, never backed it. But bounded in the air at the start, might have lost a length or so. Probably got further back than his backers wanted on the run. And then, but never really got into the yeah, race. They weren't so. never really comfortable there. Uh, great to see Barry Lockwood back on course yesterday. He's been, it's, hasn't been in the best of health, Barry, so terrific to see him and getting a few winners. And I don't know how much you've discussed this this new weight system, David, but it's got to open up opportunities for jockeys like Sam Collett, Steph Thorne, even Mark Duplessis yesterday that they can get down to that 52 where trainers and owners will be keen to take advantage of that um, system. I haven't discussed it too much because, one, I haven't really got into it and I'm a little bit nervous about doing it. Explain it in 24 words for us. 
24 words won't cover it, but basically if your official handicap rating, you can claim down to now 52 at acceptance time. So you have to say at acceptance time when you accept your horses, yes, I want to get in with the true handicap, down to as low as 52. If you don't say that, you just get 54 automatically. But then you can also claim off the 52 as well. So you could use yeah. a three-kilo claimer. But essentially, glorious ruby the other day. And at instances with the sweet Margot May a few weeks back, it was explained handicappers... She won, let's say she won with 54. I don't know what she won with. But they have to handicap them off what they carried. So automatically she loses four points if she was two kilos out of the handicap. So then she gets the four points on top of winning the race. So now if you win with 52, you get handicapped off 52 as opposed to getting re-handicapped off 54. Have you ever seen that face I give you like that says, that was 124 words, now I don't understand it at all. But I'll work on it. So I'll that well, I don't weather. think it's that complicated. Oh. Well, you're smarter than me. One more replay. I'll, I'll keep that in the bank, actually, that last <laughs> <the latest> comment. <laughs> One more replay. You were on this winner, so was I. Well, we, we tipped it at least. Coco rocks. In the straight, the leader was Amity Gal. Coco Rocks got off the run at ample time. Put on the red line, is still running on. Sneaking up to the inside. Joyce Legend still there as well. Down towards 100 metres though. Coco Rocks on the outside, reached the lead. Put on the red line, is finishing hard. Coco Rocks put on the red line. Coco Rocks in front narrowly. Coco Rocks. Coco Rocks be there, put on the red light. Joyous Legend third. Then Amity Gal, the rattlesnake. Followed by In the Blink, then Most Dazzling. Well back was Alf's Magic at the head of the others was uh, Cat Chitter and out towards the tail Shalar King and also Princess Luna Coco Rocks first up good trial at Warwick Farm and uh, lightly race filly she's above average as are the second and third mm. horses. I thought put on the red light had her at the 100 mm. metres and uh, Me put too. that to Tony Gollan who said just the, the wet weather we've had in South East Queensland he feels that may have caught up with her there in terms of we've had jump outs washed out and not chance to get the proper trials in but in the end, full honours to the winner. She's obviously come back really well. She'll go south now, I believe, chasing some black type and then races at Scone, for instance, those type mm, of races. Right. Um, and then Matt Dunn said, well, why not? We'll come back here and, and have a shot at some of the black type races coming up. Just in closing, I said two carnival prospects mm. unveiled. Taranga, uh, lightly, you found this one and, and was well backed. Uh, she was only having a third start. and I imagine she'll... Go to the Princess Stakes in two weeks' time. It seems a logical next They've step. already got one for that. That that filly that won was it Wednesday? The Canadian dancer. She's a yeah. She's an absolute ripper. But this one's bred to get over further. Mm. Being Sebring out of the Oaks winner Tinto and um, yeah, but it was a tidy win yesterday. She needed to lift it another notch given comparatively who she'll race against compared to yesterday. But that was Exelby, Taranga, and Fowler Crummy No Tears battling it out. It you was very sweet, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> ripper. <laughs> Watch the replay a hundred times. <laughs> Thanks for your time this morning, mate. Uh, my pleasure. I'm pleased I eventually got here, David. Um, uh, that, that won't come back to haunt me, will it? You'll 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 just put that away and use it against me. I will. See you. Bye bye. There he is, Nathan Ex will be joining us this morning. Thanks for your company, folks. Uh, uh, hope you enjoyed the last hour. And of course, we'll be back with Past the Post next Sunday on Easter Sunday. And of course, press room tomorrow morning. Join me then uh, for all of the news round about Australia. Have a good day. Bye-bye.